This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. is Danny Schill. And I'm Dan Muller. And we host the podcast We Book Celebrities. We book all kinds of celebrities, even though we're not that great at it. But we've had some success. Glenn Danzig, for instance. Yeah, you guys know. We've also had DJ Khaled. You can see the blessings in my house, my family, my musical garden, and Florida. Oh, wow. That's the end of the expert. Tanya Harding, Steven Seagal, and Meatloaf. Dick Cheney always says, one of my best friends. You and Dick, huh? Oh, yeah. I was there when he shot that guy in the face. I had to run off because I had priors. But Yeah. So please listen to We Book Celebrities on the Machine Culture Network. <laughs> Martha Reddick, and I'm the host of the podcast Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. Each week on Chronicles of Nannia, I'm joined by a guest to discuss topics related to nannying. From how to build the perfect fort to how to legally pay your taxes, we cover it all. If you've ever accidentally told your friend, I need to potty, this podcast is for you. See you on the playground. Don't impress me much So you got the brains But have you got the touch Now don't give me all Yeah, I think you're Hey, what's up? Welcome to Impress Me With Music. I'm Dave. And I'm Mary. What's going on with you, Mary? Not much. Uh, Still pregnant. Yeah? That didn't go away? No, it's like a never-ending saga that we're going through here. I mean, it truly is a never-ending saga because at some point a child is born and then, you know... Child is born. What is that? That sounds familiar. I don't know. I'm, I I didn't make it up, but I also can't tell you what it's from. But I I feel like I've heard. Something. A child is born. <laughs> yeah, that's with it. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something. That's something. It's something. Something with like a little bit of Axl Rose kind of vibe. Not Man. sweet child of mine. Ugh. Ugh. Yuck. That's what I think it comes Ugh. from. This yuck. We haven't done an episode in a minute. And I the know. last one we did sucked. I feel really bad for our audience. Yeah, Can we, we apologize? Can we yeah. make a public apology right now? Sorry, audience. We didn't realize the air conditioner was on. Yeah. You get those, like, a fat guy, like, making spit bubbles the whole time. Yeah, which is pretty much what I sound like when I go to bed. Pregnancy, snoring. <laughs> it is uh, tough to sleep, uh, whether you are pregnant or adjacent to someone who is pregnant. Yeah, we are not sleeping. Yeah. Why don't we introduce this song before we get to it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Songs, music. That's what this is all about, isn't it? (laughs) Um, This is The Suburbs by Arcade Fire. I mean, I don't know if this song even really needs much of an introduction. Well, so we were talking about, you know, because you're pregnant and we're going to have a kid soon. Yeah, within the month. Within the month, and we are casting aside the music of our childhood to become stern parents that tuck their shirts in. Yeah, we're both going to start tucking our shirts in like Mormons. (laughs) I don't. Do Mormon women tuck their shirts in? I don't know. I feel like all Mormons tuck their shirts in. Remember that Mormon punk band? Was it like a punk band called like the Missionaries or something that like wore like little Mormon outfits? Sounds disgusting. Was that like one of those Christian? um, They weren't actually Christian. They were like a punk band that made fun of Mormons. They like went on stage wearing backpacks Mm. and like little Mormon outfits. I do remember a group called the Oi Scouts, and they would dress up like Boy Scouts. Mm. 
I guess this is a thing that a lot of people were doing in the uh, 2000s and the 90s. Yeah, which is perfect because I think most of our music that we picked for today actually takes place during that time. <laughs> I was just going to make a bad joke. I was going to try and uh, weave something into ISIS. Like an ISIS. ISIS scouts, you know? Here, pass me that water. Right. What What do you? What were you gonna say about ISIS? I'm very know. curious. You were like the Oi Scouts, like the Boy Scouts, and then the missionaries, and then I was gonna. You're gonna have an ISIS one. Yeah, and then I decided probably not. I don't need a fatwa. Yeah. This late in my pregnancy, you know. I know. Well, the thing about our our daughters, we are gonna turn her over to Islam. Uh, that's oh, a promise. Oh boy. <laughs> And we lost three listeners already. I no, think. and they're all named Ali. Can you believe that? Shut <laughs> up. We don't edit this. We can't be. I know. We I'm can't just... be non-PC. We're living in a new world, in a new age, new dawn. All right. I love this song. Speaking of new world, how, new age, new dawn. How, how old were you when this came out? Um, what year was it? I'm going to I'm gonna look it up while I talk about it. Okay. Ooh, well, I have X videos up on my phone still. Oh, boy. There's my wife. Um, <laughs> my wife. I think this is obviously the best uh, Arcade Fire album. And 2010. If you, 2010, yeah. If you don't think this is the best Arcade Fire album, you're a fucking idiot. It's right, clearly this, the best this one. This is the best one. Um, the one right before it. Uh, Neon Bible? Neon Bible is very good. It's okay. I think Neon Bible is very good if you're in that pop punk shit. And that, that first motherfucker, what was that one called? I don't know. I'm pregnant. I can't remember anything. Whatever. The first one has got some good hits on it. Arcade Fire is a great band, but they, the suburbs... They are, they are a great band. This is epic. Uh, lots of great songs on here. This track, though, is just beautiful. It's a standout track, for sure. It's a growing up track. It's probably... Sh is If it isn't, which it is in most of them, it should be in every coming-of-age film set in America. Um, All right. Let's... Tone it down. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you're from the suburbs. I'm from the suburbs. In the suburbs, I. I mean, what it, I think what's what's the lead singer of this band's name again? Glenn Beck or something like that. He said <laughs> no, that it's definitely not Glenn Beck. Horse Handelsberg or whatever. It doesn't matter. He said that this is the love song to the suburbs, and I do think. It's an important distinction to be like, to not write off the suburbs, right? But you and I are from like different types of suburbs, right? You're from like the type of suburb that they're from. So like 2010, how, like how old were you? Uh, in 2010, I was thank you for 19. A, thank you for answering this like a high school debate question, by the way. <laughs> I needed to do the math, bro. <laughs> I was 19. Okay, so where were you living? You weren't living in the suburbs at 19, were you? Um, at 19, I was uh, finishing up my one... Oh, I did one and a half years at the University of Missouri. And go so this Tigers. Was, go, go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> so I was getting stoned on a couch in my apartment in Columbia, Missouri when this came out. Oh, uh, so this is a very specific part of your childhood. This isn't like... You weren't receiving the love letter to the suburbs when this was written. I mean, I would soon be receiving it. Within six months of this album coming out, I would be uh, removed from my capacity at the university. You, you were a I professor. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a professor that was sexually harassing students. I was removed from my capacity. I thought that was a fun way to say it. <laughs> I would be I would be removed and I would be living back in the suburbs. But this was my first time away from home. And home was the suburbs and home was like endless car rides and weird hanging out in gas stations and You hung shit. out in gas stations. Yeah, I don't know. Gas stations were cool back then, man. We weird. Had, I we worked at gas stations back then. We had then. a McShell. That was the place where you wouldn't go buy weed. Oh, yeah. You showed me that. It's a McDonald's and a Shell. Yeah, called the McShell. <laughs> I, I actually worked at, like, a McShell. So did me and my brother John worked at this McDonald's off of Beckett five mile across the street from the state women's penitentiary in Michigan. And uh, that was kind of a shady place. People, I mean, like, not a lot of shady shit went down in Northville, 
but uh, that's where like people got shot and shit like that. It was off the highway. Right. Very cool. That's you're so cool. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. A, a couple of weeks ago, I, Mary's uh, sister and brother-in-law came to visit Detroit for the first time, and they were terrified. Everything that I showed them scared the living shit out of them. And I, Mary said all I did was talk about places where people were murdered. And I, I'm sorry for doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mary. You would say something nice, and then you'd be like, yeah, and then I know a guy that got shot there. <laughs> I know some guys that got shot places. All right. what? There's a verse in this song I really like, and then I think we should hit it with the next track. Okay. Um, and the third verse, like, he goes, So can you understand why I want a daughter while I'm still young? I want to hold her hand and show her some beauty before this damage is done. Ooh. You know, but then if it's too much to ask, if it's too much to ask, then send me a son. I don't know. What do you think of all that? Hmm. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we're about to have a daughter, and I've already thought about all the shit that, like, I want to show her when she's, like, young, when she's a kid, right? You can't understand complex things when you're a kid. You, you can understand beauty, I suppose, although I didn't really appreciate beauty as a kid. You know, like whenever like my dad would like show me pictures of like where he went in Colorado and shit like that, like I was never like, "Ooh, that's beautiful." Right. But I do understand think, you know, having this dialogue in your head of like, "I want to show my daughter something beautiful." So the genius whatever translation or commentary on that. <laughs> Arcade Fire's on genius? Yeah, bro. Holy shit. Well, I don't know who's contributing to it. Is it usually the band that contributes? No, it's not usually, although, like, uh, Dram does comment on his own shit and explain his lyrics, which I do well, this, appreciate. This, okay, so this one I really like. So he wants a child while he still remembers what it's like to be one. Interesting. Part of that. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, I still remember what it's like to be a kid. Like, we're young enough. Like, we're having a kid pretty young. Yeah. Well, for you are. I'm 30. I'm, you know, you're 26. Yeah, I mean, I still feel like I just stopped being a kid like six months ago. Yeah, and I mean, truthfully, mature, maturity-wise, I'm about 24, so. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I do feel young. Shit. Well, then this next pick is not going to make a whole lot of sense, <laughs> but nonetheless. All right, let's do it, Dave. This one's you. So this is uh, Where Do the Children Play? Um, now it's by Yusuf. Um, at the time, he was Cat Stevens, and then at some point he became Yusuf Islam, and then he dropped Islam. Like, like, like Diddy. He's like Diddy now. Is he's just Yusuf? He's just Yusuf now, baby. Oh, man. I love this song. Yeah, it's so weird. Actually, I wasn't even thinking about Sophie at all, about our daughter. I was not thinking at all about her when I put this on the playlist. This is just my favorite Cat Stevens song when I was a kid. Why? Tell huh. me why. It's weird because, I, you know, we were just talking about appreciating beauty. And I re remember thinking, like, I didn't appreciate any sort of natural beauty until I was 21 when I lived in China. And I went and saw, uh, you know, like, this area near Tibet. And I was like, holy shit, that's the first time I've ever appreciated natural beauty. Prior to that, I only appreciated things like cities. You know, I was like, whoa, look at all this shit people built. Which is weird because this song is about the ruining of natural beauty. You know? And then he says, get off, which is like a little sexual innuendo. Like he can't come when it's so urbanized? What is I guess. I mean, I'm going to bring up the lyrics. Let me hear what you think about this. All right, let's do this. I feel like we've become a lyric analysis podcast. 
I mean, we I can like talk it. music. I we like can it. All right. Oh, we got a little Wikipedia page here. Um, so it says, uh, Where Do the Children Play is a song by British folk rock musician Cat Stevens. It's the issues of war, urban sprawl, poverty, ecological disaster, and the future of humankind. A lot of stuff in, what, three, four minutes there? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a three minute and 52 song, uh, 50 second song. Mm. He, he fit it all in there. Um, I mean, I will say, Urban Sprawl, to go back to the suburbs, our first song, is low-key maybe the worst thing that happens to humanity. We get all together, we create a community, and then we start spreading it out, and it makes it harder to give, to share resources. It makes um, your neighbors seem further away. I mean, you know, just on a basic level, every city in America is not able to, like, properly fund most of its public works like police and fire and roads because that city exists in a county outside of where the wealth the wealth is and so therefore they can't be taxed and thus they become dangerous places and now the center of what we all live around is you know worn away and become just a big hole you know Shit. Shit. Major crimes. <laughs> Major crimes. Shit. I got married to the wire. Yeah. Now we're uh, watching The Sopranos. I just want to yell, commendatore, <laughs> every time I see Dave. So so I, I, I really loved uh, Yus- Yusuf Islam when I was, I'm going to call him by the name he wants to be called by. Yusuf, then. Yusuf, sorry. I really loved Yusuf when I was a kid, specifically this album, T for the Tillerman. What I hated was everyone that I met in college and after college that liked Yusuf liked him for Harold and Maude, which uh, I think is a dumb movie. And I hate that he is just, people my age just only really like associate, like, I mean, is there any sort of association between the movie and him in your head? No, not for me because... Both are beyond my time. I think I just know Cat Stevens' like single tracks. I don't even know him as an album guy. I'm gonna refer to him as Cat Stevens because I don't respect his choices. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this song. Um, I think the first Cat Stevens song I ever heard was "Do Do 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 Everything to You." And oh, Wild World. Something. Yeah, it's Wild a great World. Great song. It's a hell of so, a breakup song. Yeah, Wild World. I forgot what fucking soundtrack that was on but you know it's on the soundtrack of like literally everything i think it's right it's even, I, I think it's on it's an it's another thing that's on every soundtrack well you know me i didn't have a traditional upbringing with like classic american folk i grew up on a euro disco because my parents are ukrainians yeah so i grew up on like you know weird german pop bands it's weird you the ukraine is the georgia of europe and uh georgia is the alabama of europe Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You want to go to the next song? It's yours. Yeah, before you offend my people anymore, uh, let's uh, keep keep moving and shaking. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. Ghost Rider by RJD2. And I love this song. This song though now is like way too ubiquitous. Yeah, it's I've pretty heard this. much it's pretty much played in every hipster bar everywhere. All the time now. You're eating like small plates somewhere in Logan Square and this yeah, will probably come up you, on the not, playlist. Not even Logan Square, this shit would be in the West Loop. This is in, you know, there's like brass and like white tile and wood. And this is going on. There's a guy wearing like a skinny suit with brown leather shoes and some sort of fedora. 
and he's um, serving you a mocktail because you're an alcoholic and you can't drink anymore. Enjoy yourself. Anyways, go on. This was like this whole album, Dead Ringer, uh, by RJD2 is actually just a really sweet album in my opinion. Um, and this is one of like the few instrumental songs that I really love. Not true. You love instrumental music. Okay, let me take that back. This is one of the songs that I really got into instrumentals with. This is one of the first ones that I got into, like, just instrumental. This was 2002. Shit, so you would have been, what, uh... I was, like, 11. 11, yeah. Yeah, and this, this was, like, totally fucking new for me and it's crazy because this song didn't get really popular till like 2009 2010 when i was in college rjd2 was touring and i remember i saw them but by then they had like uh it's one guy well no let me let me change it so by 2010 this dude had the gall to like uh, decide that he wanted to do like a, a Lil Wayne move and instead of just going up there with like his DJ equipment he went up with a live band Ugh. and it was really dumb I was super bummed out because I'd waited like I'd waited like a decade to see this band live you know yeah. what I mean like I got really into them right because uh, this I mean imagine this in 2002 this was like groundbreaking instrumental shit this is like the beginning of a lot of stuff that i, I grew to love personally yes it's like it's hip-hop it's when like did the poppy. dj shadow album come out because i think that's like right around the same time i mean this is just like hip-hop meets electronica and for me that was just huge of course uh, actually, 2002, same year. But I will say, both of them had been... I don't know. Do you ever listen to DJ Shadow? A little bit. Uh, I don't think DJ Shadow stuff was as catchy as RJD2. Mm, RJD2, despite the fact that he's from Ohio, his music, to me, has a little bit more of an East Coast hip-hop traditionalist vibe, whereas I like DJ uh, Shadow because he... He takes a lot of risks. His beats are like very fat. I don't know. Um, I thought uh, the private press, six days, I thought was really great. Um, we don't need to go into our, um, uh, DJ Shadow at all. But uh, I, I mean, of course, a lot of people love RJD2. I feel like he's primarily known now uh, for producing. I feel like his name comes up a lot in producing. I don't know. He, to me, had three really fucking good albums in a row, and then everything else became trash. Really? That's a, that's a, tough, that's a tough one, man. Well, even he Meta- produced a Yola even, Tango song. That's funny. I used to like them. I mean, so he did, in 2002, he came out with Dead Ringer. Then he came out with The Horror in 2003, which is a bunch of songs that people probably also will recognize. Ooh, Nightmares on Wax, he did that. Oh, well, yeah, Nightmares on Wax is great. And then he came out with Since We Last Spoke in 2004, which I thought was pretty good. Um, That's when he started becoming kind of like a sad bitch. He has a couple songs Mm. on there that are just like him singing along to something semi-acoustic. Ugh. But RJ, come on. Yeah. And then uh, when I saw him, he was touring... I think his like last. Al- oh, I think he you was know what his name like, is? the Colossus. What? Ramble John. Uh, Crone. For real? Like that's his real name. That's why R J. Ramble John. Like Crone, like the disease, like the like debil- Crohn's disease, exactly. <laughs> like the spelled de- exactly the same as Crohn's <laughs> like disease. Like the debilitating. Um, like he shits blood. All right. <laughs> all right. I mean, wanna... I I know that this track is not like a super creative pick, but I I loved it, and this was. One of the first songs I heard that like kicked, kicked off my love for uh, electronic music. All right, that's fair. All right, well, uh, I'm All gonna right, play. That's fair. I'm gonna play my song and. All right, thanks for your tepid reply. Well, what do you want me to say? You picked a song that uh, everybody loves. Yeah. Congratulate! I just forgot to say congratulations. <laughs> All right, I'm putting my mic on mute. I'm done with you. <laughs> Well, you're going to hate me after this. Yeah, I'm sure.
Okay, that is uh, How Many Times by the Insane Clown Posse off of The Great Malenko. That's their iconic 1996 album, I think it is. Ugh. All right, say everything that you have to say about it now. Um, I don't know. What is this? This is the beginning of rap rock. This is, is this the birth? Who, who birthed rap rock? It was 97. Uh, this is an early... I, I can't... I, I don't think that they could claim that they they did this. They invented rap rock, but it is one of the early rap rock things. I mean, really, like... The, when they created this, they worked with a rock and roll producer for the first time, which was pretty rare for rappers to do at that time. Um, they this, had, this is more tolerable than a lot of their jams. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I have to explain, I guess. I was a juggalo when I was a kid. I gave it up at some point. It's not a fucking siren. <laughs> it's whoop, whoop. That's how it goes. Whoop, whoop. All right, I'll let you, I'll let you talk now. Yeah. So. <laughs> whoop, whoop. No, please explain. Okay, whoop. so. <laughs> Come on, Dave. Right. As I was saying. I surrender the floor. All right, so um, whoop! I know what you, I know what you're doing. Okay, so let me explain. So I, I'm, you know, being from Detroit, um, I feel, you know, it's it's cultural to like this album. Like when it when it came out, I was at the right age. Uh, you know, I'd just been kicked out of elementary school, and I I was like let into middle school, and I clicked it with the Juggalos. Um, and so my buddy, Kevin, my childhood friend, Kevin Kalmasey and his wife, Robin, uh, came out with, came out to Chicago this past weekend and we all went and saw Insane Clown Posse perform the entire Great Malenko album from start to finish for nostalgia reasons, I suppose. But, you know, I know fucking every word of every song on this album, um, and, I can't just dis, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, like when like a, a, a trend goes away or a phase of their life ends, they completely turn their back on it. And like I can't do that. Like I was a juggalo, I'm not a juggalo anymore. They, that was made very clear from the moment I walked into the Portage Theater, you know, on Sunday, and I saw the actual juggalos. I saw people that had brought their ki- their children there, painted their faces, were keeping them out on a school night to see quote the clowns. Okay. And then this little girl behind us was going, ICP, ICP, like the whole time uh, R.A. the Rugged Man was on. I don't know. What do you think about all this? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I think juggalo culture is a fascinating subculture. Um, I once got to paint your face for a comedy show. That was fun. I don't know. I, I see where they stand. Like, they're they're pretty major group in musical history and like you and i have talked about when they die they're going to leave behind some weird cult-like religion that we'll have to deal with and i literally you know what i had a dream the other night i literally believed that one of them i believe that uh uh, violent jay the fat one that he died and that all it would really take would be the death of one of them and then the other one shaggy too dope that's his name he would become the cult leader and he would oh. honor Violent J like some sort of a god. Well, what don't they have some weird like afterlife belief? Yes, right, you go to like the dark carnival or something. There, yeah. There's there's already an established pattern. It's really already about as about as involved as Scientology. So yeah, and I would say it is uh, more effective than Scientology because. Uh, 
it's done completely voluntarily. There were like kids and shit at the show, right? Yeah, there was people of all ages. There was a guy sitting in our row that was probably about 70 years old. Uh, there was lots of children. Um, most of the people were probably my age and I'd say from 30 to 40, everyone felt kind of in that age group. But you know what? There's like 20-year-olds. There's like new juggalos. Like there, there are people that are raised juggalos. Right. You know? They identified as juggalo. Yeah. And I think like this common misconception about the juggalo subculture is because it is a poor white subculture that it is racist, but it actually is very actively anti-racist. And it's like the, the demographic that a lot of people think when they think of like who voted for Donald Trump. And I, I, I'm not one of those people, but a lot of people think that way that they are juggalos. But the juggalos themselves, there was a lot of fuck Trump going on at the concert. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. You were telling me it was actually a pretty like progressive. Well, I mean, they had the march on on Washington. Yeah. And I mean, I think they were marching against being classified as a gang organization by the FBI. R right. But that kind of also ended up coinciding with them marching for a bunch of other like good. SJW causes. Yeah, they marched against um, these like men. Uh, it wasn't men's rights. It was. I think it was like white nationalists or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They marched against all that shit. They marched. They're, yeah, they're, they're anti Nazis. They're very anti Nazis. Um, and it, it's a lot of you know. Truthfully, what it is is a lot of people that come from quote hillbilly areas and don't want to be hillbillies. I mean, there, there is you know this thing in chickens. They call them chickens are hillbillies. You don't want to be a chicken. You don't. You you, you don't want to be racist. Racist. I'm the great Malenko. The great Malenko. He judges your soul. Right. He kills racists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to be down with the great Malenko. All right, you want to... Um, oh, hold on, I, w I have one more comment. I okay. have one more comment. There's a pretty great video, and I wish we could embed it somewhere. Like, while I think most of ICP's music is total trash, um, when they go on Bill O'Reilly... Oh, yeah, I and, showed you uh, And they're, like, fucking with him and, and defending their lyrics and, like, defending why... Like, it's stupid to basically ban music, like, back when they're standing for, like, why, you know. Remember we had that whole controversy where people are like, it's music and video games that are causing all this riffraff yeah. in the world. And that totally just bullshit arguments behind that. And it's it's them defending how, like, no, man. Well, there's... It's, there it's how you, up, you know, it's how you bring up your kids and... All this other shit goes into it. It's not going to be, you know, our album that's going to make a kid go out there and do something he, stupid. Yeah, now let me, let me say this, and I, I don't mean to sound like Shane Torres talking about, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. But the truth is, is that a lot of the hatred of the of Juggalos and of Insane Club Posse is completely based in ignorance. The truth is, Insane Club Posse, they are free speech advocates. They always have been. And I get that you don't maybe necessarily like what they're saying, but they were dropped from their label not because uh, their music was not good or whatever. They were dropped because their label was owned by Disney and people said, well, Disney already made Gay Day at their theme parks and put Ellen DeGeneres on TV and now they're putting this out. We think they've turned their back on the American family. So it was conservatives actually that in conjunction with uh, Disney's embracing of homosexuals, they forced ICP out. So they're actually, ICP has been on the right side of a lot of issues for a long time. Do they talk about a lot of dumb bullshit? Absolutely. Well, that's ICP for you. They All paint right, their faces like clowns. What the fuck do you let's, expect? Uh, let's move on to our next one. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it.
All right, that is Knee Deep at the ATP by Los Campesinos. There's no the. By Los Campesinos. No, by Knee Deep at ATP. Knee Deep at ATP. What is ATP? What does that mean? I don't know what ATP is. I was trying to Google that, and then I didn't didn't do it quickly enough. This was my uh, Euro pop phase. Euro pop pop phase? Mm. I wouldn't even call it pop punk. Yeah, this is not pop punk. This is like some fucking early Modest Mouse bullshit. I don't even know what the fuck this is. I love this. I love this. I love it. It's a little. This is this is nothing. like this is love, uh, bad like love breakup music. Not even love music, but like this is like poppy, sugary. You consider this sugary? Hold on. This is sugar to you. Fucking Ariana Grande sugary. This is like. This is my sugar. This, this is, is this is as sweet as I get. This is a failed attempt at Baroque pop. I can't get behind this. All right, you make me wish I never put this on a playlist. <laughs> I can disagree with you. Come you on, feel, I just played you ICP. Feel, you fill me with shame. I just played ICP and I feel you. I, I was really, I was really into this like uh, weird Britpop shit for a minute when I was in college. Defend it, defend it, then. I I like it. There's there's lots of instruments going on. There's some some cheeky shit. Some cheeky, cheeky. lyrics. What are they? The monkeys. <laughs> cheeky? They're being cheeky. That's cheeky. <laughs> These cheeky boys from Cardiff University. That's that's where they're from. It's uh it's just you know, it's sappy. It's just a sappy song I used to like. Yeah? Yeah, I liked some sappy shit. You know, I play a lot of hip hop and I play a lot of this and I'm like, what's something that I what's a song that I played like hundreds of times? And I used to really like it. And mm-hmm. if I play it now, I probably won't even like it that much. But I can't I can't lie that I liked it. And this is this just falls into that category, all right? You're entitled to like to like this. I got nothing against, you know, this type of music. You got nothing against this trash. I mean, if I'm gonna listen to something that sounds like this, I'm gonna listen to Sufian Stevens who understands the uh, chorus verse chorus uh, formation. But aside from that, I mean this is fine. <laughs> Suf John Stevens is a totally different Sufian. Suf John Stevens is a totally different ballpark. Again, him and Cat Stevens, they can the, these these Stevens brothers. I can choose. <laughs> oh, those Stevens brothers! <laughs> I can choose to disrespect their names however I please. Uh, all right. Well, that's all wrong. right. Fine. Well, I'll let us move past this. I'll let you get on. No, no, the no. It's track. look. It's it's good. It's just not for me. But, oh, it's not for you. Uh, well, I mean, again, I mean, we'll see. My, I'm not saying I had some great taste in music when I was a kid. Believe me, I'm gonna make that very clear with this nest pick. Okay, so this is Royal Oil by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones off of their iconic album, Let's Face It, which, geez, I don't know when that came out. But uh, Mary just told me that the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, 1997, the year Tupac died, uh, the year The Great Malenko came out, and the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, you know, came in, and for they were for a different type of white person. Um, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? Yeah. You were saying that you pretended to like the Money Money Boston's. Right. Well, um, in my later high school years, I was trying to crew up with a bunch of kids that were super into ska. Wow. Must have been tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just trying to find anybody that was smoking pot at that time. And uh, so, yeah, there was like a ska, a local like ska music scene. There was a lot of like bands and I saw a lot of people wearing Mighty Mighty Boss Tones t-shirts. And so I think I got one without ever really listening to them. Sure. I think I tried listening to them and it was like, 
oh, this is kind of frustrating. Why is it frustrating? I don't know. It just sucked. <laughs> I do. It's one of the bands that I like loved, much like ICP. I loved it, and then I can't go back to it now. Like, no, I, you can't. There, well, you just made me feel that with Los Campesinos. I mean, I don't even know what the fuck that was. At least you can look at Mighty Mighty Boston's and be like, they were, they got some goofy band kids, and they put them in there with the guys that play hacky sack. All right, Los made... Campesinos is trash, okay? I've got some trash <laughs> on here. Now let me be... I, I, you know, again, like, I played some shitty music. You know, it just, you yeah, know... Yeah, you played a lot of shitty music on this podcast, Ooh, Dave. Oh, boy. achi chachi. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, choo-choo, my ding-dong. <laughs> All right, Blake. <laughs> um, Inside baseball. Is today, not... is today the uh, World Series, by the way? Oh, yeah, today is World Series. Are we recording on the World Series, Dave? I, I don't think it started yet. It's only 6.30. But I, I don't know. Shit. I was going to wear my, the, like, I was going to wear, like, a Los Doyers hat and shit like that. I want the Dodgers to win. Do you have any? Do I have any feelings? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I want not the Dodgers to win. You want the Astros to win? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Because I left L.A. Hmm. I still like that, you know, living there, though, made me root for the Dodgers. Though. I rooted for the Dodgers when I was there. Yeah. Because um, they didn't play the Tigers, so I didn't give a shit. And they don't play the Sox either. Right, but now I just like to be, uh, what do they call it? What's the word for what I like to be? I like to be contrarian. Mm, okay. So how? Okay. So you're being contrarian to a place that you used to live. Yeah. Mm, nice. <laughs> that, nice. My dad was like that for a while. When he lived in Tampa, he rooted for the Dolphins because everyone liked the Dolphins at the time. Although Marino was heating up, uh, and uh, you know, you just like the team. It's it's just kind of like a family tradition to like things that people don't like. If that makes any sense. Well, that's a tradition for me as well. Like when I was growing up in the Northwest suburbs, I really didn't give a fuck about baseball. Like. I grew up on like basketball. Yeah, that was a you sport. grew up on basketball. Name well, that, five players: uh, Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan. You can't. Michael Jordan can't be one. Keep going. Fukudome. I'm kidding. He's a baseball player. Yeah. Right? Uh, Miyazaki, Polanski. Miyazaki Polanski. <laughs> now, now I remember him. <laughs> He a very artistically Alan, molested teenage girls. Uh, Weinstein. Oh no, I'm sorry. These are just uh, predators in the. Alan Weinstein. These are predators, brothers. Woody Allen. Allen. I'm I'm going by last name. What What about Spacey? Woody? Spacey Cosby. You know, he, yeah, you know Spacey Cosby. He was the uh, forward for the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 98 Cougars The 98 Cougars, yeah. yeah Oh boy, I remember when the 98 Cougars <laughs> won that championship Yeah, it was a big year for everybody in, uh... Not a dry eye in the audience when uh, <laughs> When uh, Spacey Cosby came and dunked on uh, Martin Morrow <laughs> Who was that asexual lady with the blazer? Paula Poundstone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, them. Yeah, she was a great coach. Yeah, she was a great. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, All right. I think the next song is your song. All right. I feel like I want to change my song. Okay. What do you... You come around then. All right. I'm going to come around. Can we... Can you do some kind of fun sound for the audience while I come around? Sure. Um... Hardly a method you know 
That is a method by one of mine and Dave's favorite bands of all time. Please let me know if I'm stepping on you by saying that. TV on the radio. No, uh, absolutely. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. And truthfully, I no longer enjoy um, live music played by bands unless it is The Roots or TV on the radio. Well, they're just so fucking good. Well, the TV on the radio is extremely inventive. We were talking about, you know, DJ Shadow versus uh, RJD2. I, I mean, TV on the radio is like a DJ Shadow kind of band. I mean, they really are fucking out there. To, or they were, at least, the, you know, taking risks with their music and, you know, inventing new sounds. Oh, right. It's funny how I stumbled upon this track, which is one of my favorites. This is off Return of Cookie Mountain, right? Yes. Um, How old were you when this came out? 2006? You were what? Um, I was 15. Okay, so you, were you listening to this in high school? Yeah, I was listening to this in high school. This actually, like, a, a friend of mine was a dancer, and I played this album for her, and then they ended up choreographing a dance to this song at, like, a, the spring dance recital. You know and it was super, it was super fucking cool. This is, like... One of those first times where I really got my friends into music too. Ooh, yeah. And then like we got to like I got to see somebody make art to this. I mean it was a cool dance. That's I mean, pretty cool. I, I, imagine like, yeah, you could do some cool stuff with this. Um, but I love TV on the radio. They fed every part of my teenage soul. As lame as that sounds, like they feed into your angst, into your depression, into your happiness, and. Like they have a song for everything. And it's sure. like they, everything has such like a deep beat. And well, okay. And the lead singer of this band, um, and I, I don't know how to how to put this exactly, but you know how like the band Sigur Ross, you're familiar with them? Yeah. You know how they don't have like a language? It's just like you know emotional word sounding words, right? Because they're from fucking Iceland and they can't speak a language. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How do I know that's not Icelandic, by the way, Sigur Ross? You could have just lied. Only fucking 200,000 people speak that bullshit language. Hey, get the f- out of here. All right. Anyways, as Going I was... up to back. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm still on that old bit we were doing. That was whoop, fun. Whoop. All right. Whoop, so whoop. Uh, I will say that uh, TV on the radio, uh, their lyrics... Learning them doesn't really make me like the song more. They're an emotionally given, like it has a feeling more so than the words have meaning to me. Like uh, the song Ambulance, for example. Is like oh, I love that song. I was considering putting song. that one on here. That was the first one that I really liked was Ambulance. Well, that's pretty much, uh, I was going to say al dente, but that is definitely not the word for it. It's al dente. <laughs> it's... Uh... My mama make a good ambulance. <laughs> It's um, there's no instrumentals. They're just using their voice. Yeah, they and they used to do that, that all the time. Called? What's that called? Uh, right. Acapella. Acapella. Acapella dente commendatore. Um, I will say that I'm if, so dumb. If anybody can find a copy of uh, OK Calculator, if you can find it on YouTube or whatever, this is uh, TV and the Radio's first album. It's not on Spotify. But there's a lot of great acapella shit and like weird, interesting shit. If you like like the weird shit that TV on the radio does, then you will really like this. It's obviously not as tight as their later shit. Anyway, I mean, this came out when that DJ Shadow RJD2, 2002. Um, Return to Cookie Mountain is 2006. So they evolved a lot in four years, I will say. Another fun fact about this is... um, uh, that uh, David Bowie was an early fan of TV on the radio, and he actually sings backup vocals on a song, Province, on this album. Okay, can I just make another comment? And I think this is uh, off of... So nobody else knows this song, and I can't figure out what album it's off of. Yeah. Um, but it might be off OK Calculator. Robots, do you remember that song? No, I don't know that. Oh, my God. I can't find it anywhere. And it's uh, or I'm not. I need to try to find a way no, to to play this. Don't strain yourself. You're pregnant. Oh no! Please, can we can we look it up? Can you look it up? We'll look it up while we're playing the next song. Okay, it's one of the weirdest songs of all time, and I'll help you by saying that the chorus of it is: I could not help but noticing all these robots fucking in the middle of the mini mall. 
Interesting. Yeah, it's the most absurd song of all time. I just dropped my phone. That was my mic drop. Very dramatic. What were we talking about? TV on the radio is one of the greatest bands. They have a new album we barely listen to. I'm playing my next song. All right, I got cut off. I'm I'm done. Goodbye. Okay, so this is Ain't That a Bitch by Lil Wayne off of the Carter. Um, so I was a junior in high school when this song came out. Um, I mean, this was not a single off of the Carter, but um, I mean, I was really into um, the sort of like cash money palette of artists when I was in middle school as well, as well as liking Insane Clown Posse. I feel like I was an early uh, adopter of Lil Wayne. I don't know. What do you think of this song? This is fun. It's uh, neither here nor there for me, though. It doesn't, like, draw me in that much. Oh, and oh, uh, what was that? Robots is from OK Calculator, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make you play an excerpt of that. It's important to me. Okay. Um, what do you think about how Lil Wayne just names all of his albums the Carter and then a number? Is this the first? Is this the Carter... OG, the original this one? This is this is the Carter OG, yeah. When did when did the Carter come out? Uh two thousand and three. And then what are we up to? The Carter four or the Carter five? five? We're up to the Carter five. When five five came out maybe a little while ago actually at this point. Two thousand and fourteen. Yeah. I oh mean, no, sorry, the Carter five has not been released. Right. I Holy I, shit. I remember the Carter four. He's released five singles but hasn't released the album. What? That's just absurd. Why the Carter? Well, because his name is Dwayne Carter. And uh, Jay-Z, you know, did like, you know, The Life and Times of S. Carter, Volumes 1 and 2, because his name's Sean Carter. I don't know. This is a very Soviet way of naming things. Okay, Carter 1. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree. Carter 2. Car- you- I remove all creativity from album naming. Yeah, it, <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. It's very. I don't, I don't like know. it. This is not a standout Lil Wayne song for me. I'm sorry. You didn't like my Los Campesinos track. I don't not like this. I just. Uh, I don't know. I'm neither here nor there. I don't have too much to say on it. All right. Well, uh, the last. Oh, sorry. The next song is your last song. Are you ready? Well. Can we just play an excerpt of Robots and then we'll play that song? All right, fine. We'll play I just want the audience that will never be able to hear it on a playlist to hear it. Because I really like this song. I never get to listen to All it. All right. If you weren't my pregnant wife, I wouldn't do this. This song is absurd. Yeah, everything off of OK Calculator is completely absurd. But noticing robots in the middle of the mini mall. Oh yeah, I remember this. They didn't know what they were doing, man. I love this song. And can you believe that in four years, this became the band that released Wolf Like Me? Oh yeah. How crazy is that? Robots fucking in the middle of a house. I actually made music like this when I was a kid because I was afraid to sing on my own song. Robots fucking in the middle of a Jay-Z video. It's absurd. And then he goes into robots fucking like during Oprah Winfrey. I mean, 
I thought this was that was pretty badass. They were like almost alt comics on OK Calculator. Yeah, no, I Buffalo Girls. I mean, there's a line where he says, "I wouldn't fuck you with Hitler's dick." You right. Know? I wish. I really wish that one was on Spotify. I know. I do too. Because it's they're really fucking around. Yeah, but I mean, that's how they figured out. It's like, you know, like you say, like comedy or something. It's like that's how they figured out their voice. They failed. That's the. The comedy way. And I, I don't even look at them all as failures. They're very promising songs. But they did not... They needed to be in a studio with, like, big technology. You know what I mean? All right. I mean, what they're doing now and, and the shit they've come out with in the last 10 years is insane, but... Yeah. I, I get a big kick out of the fact that, yeah, the same band that, like, makes songs I can, like, cry to and would play at my funeral also made a song called robots where they're like talking about tom brokaw admitting his love for puppies yeah that's the standout lyric of that song it's not uh, the robots fucking in the middle of the whatever all right this this is your song this is my last track baby do you want to Star's name. Shit. And then she to every lyric to this. Intoxicate girls to give them head after the party. And then I saw her standing there with green eyes and long blonde hair. She won't be wearing underwear, and I think that she might be the one. Maybe we'll have some fun. Maybe we could to sunrise, and then some girls try to yard na na na. Welcome back. You're listening to Impress Me with Music, baby. That's uh, the party song by Blink-182 off of my favorite Blink-182 album, Enema of the State. You know, I actually prefer to take off your pants and jacket to this, even though this is obviously the more historically revered one. Revered's not the right word. Yeah, revered's not. Like, (sighs) Paul Revere. It's just a guy whose name sounds like the word revere. Dave, I'm pregnant. I'm sweating right now. I've had two cookies. Everything hurts. Yeah. Yeah. This is how I. This is how I express myself. I love this song. Yeah. I mean, they're uh, what a what a silly bunch of boys. They're a know? silly bunch of boys. This is one of my. There's a lot of like mainstream hits on this album, but this was I thought just a fun track. I always liked it when they were fucking around in their lyrics yeah. and when they're making fun of shit. And this is one of those. Uh, rare. I hated it when they were social emotional. commentaries. Yeah, like Adam's song. Yeah, what the fuck? Do, 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 which that, is on this album. Which too. is on this album, right? right. Uh, yeah, I mean, ugh, you know, I, it's just like um, some people are better when they don't try. I feel, and Blink One Eight Two is an example of this because, you know, Adam's song. Every like, it's such a fucking dumb song you know what i mean like it's it's stupid and it's like it's about suicide which is a topic that never really gets um the proper treatment because we always allow it to be ham-fisted because we it sits on some sort of pedestal i never had the better days i do like the instrumentals on it though i think i just it's a good riff i can't hate it what I think I just unintentionally snorted. I have, like, no control of my body anymore. Yeah, I know. You you snore so, like, (laughs) this morning you were awake for, like, 30 minutes, and then uh, we were watching Intervention, and (laughs) you just go, I just, I just am watching TV, and I I just hear, (sighs) and I just, like, look over, and I'm like, what the hell? And you're like, what, what, what? And I was like, you were snoring, and you're like, oh. (laughs) I can't even, I've lost complete control of my faculties. Yeah, that's true. It's horrible. Yeah, your teachers and staff members are running wild. <laughs> what did I say earlier about the leaving Mizzou? I don't remember. <laughs> removed from my capacity. Oh, yeah, removed from my capacity. <laughs> <laughs> At the university. <laughs> 
I was a PhD professor. Yeah, you barely did three semesters. All of a sudden, you're a tenured prof. <laughs> and uh, I was removed. All right. I, I just I don't know. It's a fun track. Yeah. This is probably one of my favorite songs on this album. Um, I like the whole message of some girls try too hard. Um, Made me feel better about myself for not trying at all. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Uh, you you wanted to be reinforced in the message of don't try. Yeah. Okay. Which Blink-182 and all those bands do really well. They're like, yeah, you can be 23 with no promise. You'll be fine. I mean, okay, so Blink-182, how old were they when they made this fucking album? You know what I mean? Like, Well, this is totally like a teen. I mean, it's for adolescents and teens. I know, but they I feel like they were already aged out of it at this point. I don't know. How old are they now? Then we can go backwards. Let's see here. So How old's Hoppus? Oh, he's, he's 45 now. So in 1999, he was 27. Travis Barker was uh, 25. No, sorry, 24. Oh, yeah, this f- f- Mesofenoik is in the band now. Uh, Tom DeLong is who I meant to click on. Uh, okay, all right, so, yeah. Well, they, they were kind of aged. Like, they, they're, they're older than me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm 26. I, I land in the age range when they made these songs. They were definitely a little too old to be making, like, teen songs. Yeah. Now, let me... Let in me, retrospect, I'm kind of creeped out that they wrote all this. I thought they were, like, 19 when they wrote this shit. Yeah, I don't know. You can't really hold that against them, though. I mean, what like like the fucking John John Hughes or uh, uh, what's-his-face? Uh, oh, the Pretty in Pink fucker? Yeah, the, the Pretty in Pink fucker. Or, um, Breakfast Club, is that his, too? Or with the fucking uh, Neil Simon, like... Not Neil Simon. Who's the guy that wrote uh, Lost in Yonkers? Why am I blanking on that guy? Uh, oh, no, I'm thinking of J.D. Salinger anyways. But also Neil Simon to a, a certain extent. You know, you can be obsessed with youth, with high school, and not be a pedophile. I just don't understand it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why do you give a shit? I guess for some people, they feel like that's like the most artistic time. Life uh, is so black and white, though, when you're in high school, you know? That's true. It's, it's, it's like, get good grades, go to school, or don't. Make yeah. your parents happy try or to, don't. Try to get, you know, lose your virginity. Lose your virginity. That's like the entire fucking character arc from the middle of high school on. I know, exactly. You pretty much, you, you group people into two groups, people who lost their virginity and mm. people who didn't, and then you think about people who might be cool enough that they probably did. By yeah. senior year, I, you don't give a fuck anymore, but. Sure. I don't know. All right, well, that's a high school song I picked out for you. Well. Well, that's great because it came out 10 years before you were in high school. Did it? When did it come out? 1997. Or 1999, I'm sorry. When did you graduate high school? 2009. Okay, so I was right. 10 years before you were eight years old when this song came out. Pretty sure I started listening to it, though, when I was in, like, junior high. Okay. All right. Useless information. Dave, Uh, what are you going to end this bitch on? I'm going to end this with uh, this. Which we we both know this. Okay, I'm gonna just we'll let it play. We'll talk over it, but let's, oh, let's yeah. just do it. Oh, <laughs> oh I love this intro. For the day. His <laughs> name is Mr. Shady. Children, quiet down. Quiet down. Brian, don't throw that. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe he had to just do this parody of South Park. To be honest with you. Good luck, Mr. Shady. Hi there, little boys and girls. girls? Today we're gonna learn how to poison squirrels. But first, I'd like you to meet my friend Bob. Say hi, Bob. Bob's 30 and still lives with his mom. He don't got a job. So this is like, uh, this is the song is called uh, The Kids. It's by Eminem. It's kind of on the Marshall Mathers LP, but it's not really. You only could listen to it if you had the edited version because they took off Kill You and they replaced it with this, which is an interesting thing because this is about, he's just rapping to kids about drugs. I, I remember this song on this album, though, so I had the edited version then. Yeah. I don't feel like it was edited, what I had. Uh, okay. I mean, but how I feel is separate from the reality, correct? Do you know that Eminem, um, 
Wait, hold on. Somebody wrote something on Wikipedia, which is in 2001, the album won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Album and was nominated for Album of the Year. Eminem lost the ladder to jazz rock duo Steely Dan in their album Two Against Nature. For the way that it was worded, I thought that they were saying Steely Dan won Rap Album of the Year. <laughs> oh, fuck Steely Dan. Yeah, I don't get That's what I think about Steely Dan. It's great. More jerk-off music for yeah. fucking music nerds. It's like music is not just for it's music like people nerds. that like metal. P- people that like defend metal, it's okay to like it, but to defend it because it's technically proficient is a bullshit argument. Yeah, if I can't listen to it, I don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, also, like, we live in the era of computers. I can fucking make a thing in Fruity Loops where it plays every note in three seconds. Is that a good song? No. Correct. It's, it's fucking stupid. All right, let's let this song play out. I love it. Oh man, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Impress Me With Music. Uh, I'm very thankful to have you, listener, if you've made it this far. Bless your heart, bless your soul, bless your butt. Bless your butt. And Bless your butt. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Lake underscore Superior. I'm Marys, Maryisms. I, I never update that shit, though. Yeah. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Like our Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. Like our Facebook page. That'd be pretty tight. Uh, I don't know. Hit us hit us up. You want to get some lunch sometime? All right. Have a great day. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy yourself. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.